What's up, fellas? Y'all made it. And right on time. But first, roll that cool open. You gonna be a football player when you grow up? Today is the best day of your life. Believe me. Give me eight years of daylight. Greatest leader I've ever known. What a ride it's been. The lion ain't supposed to be tamed. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now on the mark. We are happy you are joining us. We are thrilled to be back together. Me, myself, Benny Spielberg, reunited, summer 2018, coming to an end. I feel a couple different ways about that, and we're going to jump into that a little later. Benny, how's your uh, summer been? It's been a little while since the VIP listeners have heard from you. Yeah, summer's been pretty good, Marky. You know, just enjoying myself over here and enjoying my nights for the most part i don't know if the vip listeners paid attention or not but my car got a little keyed maybe i had a little too much fun this summer yeah we'll be putting together a 12 part investigative series uh trying to find the culprit there yeah we're working with netflix right now to get that one bought but who knows maybe we go elsewhere yeah it could we could go independent yeah who knows we're gonna turn this into an emmy though i think it's a foregone conclusion that you had a better summer than I did. Uh, my summer, maybe my summer was pretty dull. I, the rain really hampered me, really set me back. Had a few other setbacks, and as you know more than anybody, I'm hunkered down, locked down, running this social media attack, trying to grow the brand, and trying to make people more aware of the brand frankly yeah i tried to get you some elves in here some little social media elves but you you turned your back to them you shoot them away mark yeah we're just not at the uh santa claus level expansion type deal yet we're not there yet we're working we're yeah but that's what we're working towards we we do like to have the social media presence because we kind of realized this last night when we were talking that the Instagram account at the underscore on the mark underscore show is a perfect representation of what this show is. While you listen to the show, you don't know what every episode, you know, from episode to episode, you don't know what it's going to be regarding, number one. You don't know what guest we're going to have, number two. And number three, you don't know what we're going to say next. And on the Instagram page, you don't know what the next post is going to be, how outrageous it's going to be, if it's going to be news if it's going to be a funny video, uh, something inspirational, something to make you laugh, smile, or cry. It's all about the smiles and cries, Benny. Yeah, we're multiversal. That's what I like about us. You never know what angle we're going to come from. Right, and I think that's part of the lure of On The Mark. And a lot of our uh, people, a lot of our VIP listeners have gotten back to me, and they said they appreciate that about the show, about the brand. Well, I think it shows a lot about us. Because, you know, we're not one-road kind of guys. We like to branch out. We like to care about multiple things. We like to enjoy multiple different things on a lot of different levels, Mark. It might be a only child thing. Maybe. Maybe. But I, I can't— I'm no psychiatrist. I, at first, I thought that quality, that how our show was all over the place, at first I thought it could have been a detriment. And I think in some ways it slowed the progress of the growth of the show. Maybe. But now— we're molding it to our hot zone. It's our hot zone, man. Bouncing topic to topic, thing to thing. I think it's a strong suit. I think it's a, a good quality. It's fun, man. It keeps you on your toes. You never know what venture we're going to break into next. Yeah, no doubt about it. 
So look, summer 2018, we're coming to an end. I, I, it was the summer of rain. It was the summer of disappointments. It was a summer of some quality time. I will say that. I had some good quality time with quality people and loved ones and whatnot, so I can appreciate that. Took some trips, did some traveling, but it was a lot of hard work, man. It was like when that kid asked um, Trump on video, hey, uh, what are Saturdays for? Because, you know, he wanted to hear Saturdays are for the boys. Trump thought about it for a second, and he said, work. You know, I'm working while other people are having fun. So we can make on the mark the premier name in entertainment today, one day. We're coming, man. That ball is rolling, Marky. It is. It is. So look, gang, we hope you all enjoyed your summer. On the mark proved to be the perfect compliment to a ride to and from the shore while chilling on the beach, while chilling out on the deck, smoking a cigar, having a few drinks. Now this episode, we're going to prep up for the fall a little bit here. And as we know in the fall, it's the NFL, college football. Oh, yeah. So we're going to deliver a little season preview here. What is going through our minds going into uh, the 2018 NFL campaign? I got a lot going through my minds, Marky. Yeah, man, me too. And we're going to break that down. So let's just get the break real quick, reconvene, and begin spilling these sick thoughts about the NFL to our VIP listeners. Winning is not a sometime thing. It's an all-the-time thing. You don't win once in a while, and you don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. Winning is a habit. You got to play with your heart, with every ounce of fiber in your body. I've never known a man worth the salt who deep down in his heart didn't appreciate the grind, the discipline, and to win, and to win, and to win. It is and always has been an American seal, and that's just to be first, regardless of what we do. There's no room for second place. There's only one place, and that's first place. I finished second twice in my time, and I don't ever want to finish second again. But I firmly hold that a man's finest hour, the greatest fulfillment to anything he holds dear, is that moment when he has worked his heart out in a good cause and lays exhausted on the field of battle. Victorious. All right, gang, we are back, and we're ready to jump into this thing. We're not going to keep you for long. We're going to break down this NFL season the way on the mark sees it with 100% football-related 2018 storylines. Benny, I think something we got to really look at here is Kirk Cousins with the Vikings. Kirk earned a lot of money for that Redskins organization, uh, a weirdly run organization. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it was the most ideal situation, but he still saw some nice success, I would go as far as to say. Yeah, absolutely. The Vikings, a game away from the Super Bowl last year. Does he take them to the next level? Is it status quo? You know, seeing how that plays out is something worth following. That guy's worth a lot of money. Yeah, I think he absolutely takes them to another level. I don't know if he takes them to that elite, elite level. But they're almost a guaranteed playoff team, Marky. There almost is no more easy money than to bet the Vikings to make the playoffs. And you're laying a pretty penny for it, but it's easy money. They're guaranteed six to seven home wins right there. Yeah. 
That's good, Benny. Keep laying down this better's perspective. We want people to hear this. If they go at least 500 in their road games, right there they're a double-digit win team and probably win the division unless Green Bay is an upper-tier team with an MVP Rodgers leading it. Look, I think they're chock full of talent. I think Mike Zimmer is one of the best coaches in the league by far. Uh, I think the Vikings are on the up and up. That defense is unbelievable. And that stadium is one of the toughest, if not probably the toughest place to play now in the NFL. Jumping to our next top on the mark, 100% football related 2018 storyline. Can the hard knock Rob Browns with Baker the Legend Mayfield, who I've actually rebranded as Baker Bright Lights Mayfield, can they win this year? Can the Browns win? I say yes. I think they're going to be much better. I think they have a very good coaching staff. They've added proven players, veteran talent, and their quarterback situation, even if it is Tyrod Taylor, is much better than it was a year before. I think the Browns definitely win one of their first three to four games this year, if not a couple of them. I could see them going and getting a win week one at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of their big rivals. They're getting five and a half points, opened up at six and a half. The public's starting to believe in them a little. My problem is I believe the Browns are very undisciplined. How many times in these hard knock episodes do you hear these coaches screaming at these guys, ranting at these guys that we need to be more disciplined? They're walking everywhere. That's going to hurt them at the end of games, and I think just like in week one, they blow a lot of leads this season. They still wind up with three or four wins, Marky. I truly believe that. Yeah, and and look, I'm going to go as far as to say I think they're going to win more than that. Uh, I, I think the Browns are going to go like 6-10, and 10. this year. I could see just like San Francisco last year, them having about one win come November, and then in the final six weeks, maybe rattling off four wins, and that's about the time that Baker will start playing with them, and it might re-energize the players a little bit. Yes. Next storyline. Are the Patriots done? Is the reign of terror over? Eric Decker just recently retired on them. I don't see any firepower. I can very, you know, Tom Brady, another year older. Benny, I could see this team going 10 and 6, 9 and 7. By Patriots standards, that's, you know. A down year. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm right there with you a little bit. I mean, I'll say this sound the alarms, fire up everything we got, all the lights. My biggest upset possible alert this season, my biggest upset pick is to bet the Jets to win the division at about plus 1,300. I like it. I love it because soon enough, they're not going to win that division, Marky. But I'll tell you what, Josh McDaniel staying a Patriot this offseason probably kept them this division. If he leaves, all the wheels are falling off. With Josh McDaniels, I think they figure it out. But they're not that elite team that they used to be. I'm thinking the defense might be better than most people believe, though. Yeah, okay, and I could totally see that. It better be. They have no firepower on offense. Yeah, I think it might go back a little to the older Patriot teams that started this dynasty. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. Those, like, Patriot teams that were very well coached, played better defense, and, like, seemed a little under-talented, but were very well prepared and made up for it that way. Yeah, I, I, I still like the Patriots, ultimately, this season. Yeah, but I'll go as far as to say, I can almost personally guarantee the Patriots will not be back in the Super Bowl this year. That's pretty much coming from me, a guarantee. Are the Rams a super team? They signed in Dominican Sioux. 
Ken Kansu, Akib Talib, Marcus Peters. They added solid Pro Bowl players. But every time we see that super team la uh, label, teams eat the shitter in a very big way. And I think the Rams aren't going to be the media hype machine Super Bowl team that we're hearing. Yeah, I truly don't think the Rams take a step forward, if anything. I believe they possibly take a step back. Now, they brought in a ton of talent, some great guys. Marcus Peters is going to make that secondary a lot more dangerous and a lot better. But at the end of the day, there has to be some chemistry issues between them. L.A., the bright lights, I get it. That's why you're there. Uh, basically a rookie coach and only in his second year. He's never dealt with expectations before. No, and you got to lean on Wade Phillips out there to hopefully, you know, keep give that veteran presence as far as coaches go. But sometimes that works negatively. Sometimes Wade Phillips believes that he's seen it all and he knows a way better, and then it causes a little rift. Right, and you got a lot of personalities with Akeem Tlaib, who's a goof, and Marcus Peters, who's another goof. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of big personalities on that team, Marky. I don't think that the Rams are as good as everyone says, but I still think they're a very solid team and a tough team to beat on a Sunday just because of that offense. Now, are you with me that the Raiders win outright that opening Monday night game? I'm definitely leaning that way. I love the Raiders that night. I think there's great, tremendous value, especially betting-wise, getting points in that game. I don't know if that's one of my five picks at week one, but yeah, it could be. It right. definitely could be. Okay. Are the 49ers contenders or pretenders? I'm going to go somewhere in between. I think Jimmy G is very solid. I don't love, love, love their roster. I don't think they're overly loaded by any means. I do like Kyle Shanahan. I do like Jimmy G. They finished strong last year, but we've seen plenty of teams in the past that have finished strong and it doesn't carry over to next year. Absolutely. And don't forget, they had, what, one win before Jimmy G started? Right. So don't buy into how much talent is really there. A lot of teams had quit. You know, obviously, like, the Jags were still playing for a spot when they got beat mm -hmm. by the Niners. But it was somewhat of a game. It was a game. And let me tell you, this is one thing that most people don't talk about at Kyle Shanahan. Yes, he's great. He's very talented, born into coaching offense. Also, another young coach who's never dealt with expectations. That plus... He's always had a problem with scoring in the red zone. And Jimmy G has never been the best quarterback in the red zone. You go back to that great run with the Niners last season, look at his red zone numbers. They are not impressive. In fact, they are below average for an NFL quarterback. I don't think that improves. I think that's the reason they're ultimately about a seven-win team. You know, which way are the betters going with this? I think the betters are going heavy on the Niners, and the people are really buying into these Niners. And I'll tell you, my almost lock of week one, guys, my Benny Spielberg's lock of week one, the Minnesota Vikings at home against those Jimmy G Niners. Right now, they're laying about six points. It started at four and a half. Jimmy G and those Niners are not going to be able to keep up. With the G With the Vikings. With the Vikings, rather. Yes. Kirk Cousins. Going back to Kirk Cousins, the Vikings. Yes, those Vikings are my week one lock. And it's because I think that the betters right now are giving the Niners a lot of credit. People are really buying in on the Niners. Hell, about two months ago, I put money on the Niners to win it all. So I have those pending bets, guys. I got tricked. But then you start digging into it a little. I don't think that the Niners are ready to make that move just yet. All right, gang, there it is. That's the top, the first five points of the on-the-mark, 100% football-related 2018 storylines. When we get back from break, 
We're gonna cap off the remainder of that list. Let's go, let's go, let's go! Clock is running! Get the ball back! Let's get the ball back! Man! 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 Good, Seth. Away, Seth. Good shot, Derek. Boom, boom. Beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Great. Great, great, great. Good, good, good. I like it. I like it. I like it. What do you think? Awesome. Yeah. I love football. Yeah. Love you, man. Appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. We're getting, we're getting better. Yeah. You feel it? I do. You know? Good job today. Again, good job. Hit that hard. All right, gang, here we are. We are back. We hope you're enjoying this 2018 100% football-related storylines from On The Mark. We're not here to give you the fluff, gang. We don't care about the ghetto issues of a lot of these players. We don't care about the other non-football-related issues, at least on this episode. We're keeping it 100% football On The Mark. Now, rounding out the list. Benny, here's a little something for you. Are Zeke and Dak back? I believe they are. They got some comfort together, some continuity back. I actually do like some of the pieces they added. Having that Notre Dame phenom, Jalen Smith, back in the middle is looking good this preseason. I think that defense is going to be better than expected too. I've been preaching that defense may be one of the best defenses in all football this year when they're healthy, and I understand they're rarely healthy, but right now they are healthy. And I think coming into this year, they're one of these teams like the Chargers, like the Texans, that the first two months of the season is huge for them because that's when they're going to be healthy. And they are teams that need to get their wins when they are fully healthy. But yes, I think the Cowboys are going to be back in a big way this year. I do too. I go as far as to say I think they're going to the playoffs one way or another uh, because they're going to stay within themselves this year. I truly believe that. My biggest concern is that Travis Frederick loss. Now, they do have a deep offensive line. They drafted another kid on the offensive line from Texas this year. They've got a couple veterans to step in, but I think they might need to make a move, bring somebody else in. But it's bad. When you lose your center, that's a huge deal. Luckily, they have a veteran offensive line that's been together for a while. They can gel without the center being great. That continuity there. Yeah, absolutely. They're still going to find a way to run the ball regardless. I do like a lot of things about Dak's game. He's not uh, the most electric of quarterbacks, but he can deliver the ball. He can make some big throws. stays within himself. He's far from a turnover machine, and he's a good leader. There's something to be said for that. Yeah, when his accuracy is on, he's as good as they come, in all honesty. But last year was a little shaky. I think he put a little too much on his shoulders. There was a lot of controversy. And he's already said last year there and the last two years, there were times where he knew he had to get Des Bryant the ball, exactly. even if it wasn't the right throw. Exactly. So now he doesn't have to worry about that. Yep. And so that topic kind of goes hand in hand with our next one. Wentz's return. A lot of uh, Eagles fans, a lot of people around the league are acting like it's a foregone conclusion that Wentz, once he steps foot on that field, is going to be the same old guy again. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. You don't see these quarterbacks, or really many other positions, come back from these brutal lower body injuries and act like it never happened and you're just the same guy. It's actually a preposterous assumption. Um, he hasn't practiced yet. Training camp is over. <laughs> has not played three preseason games are down. He hasn't had been full go at practice yet. No, but he danced around on the field before right. their last preseason right. game so, a little bit. So a lot of the casual... NFL viewers thought uh, Wentz is back, he'll be ready to rock week one. I'm here to say, I truly believe this, even if it is week one and he's playing, 
This is not going to be the same Carson Wentz right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, you see a little bit of rust on these guys at any point when they've taken this time off. I mean, in all honesty, he hasn't played an NFL game since, what, November last year? Yeah, late November. So at that point, you're going to be a little rusty. And even, let's say, if his arm and accuracy is still top-notch and exactly what it was, he's just going to be a little less sure of those legs. That one play, I'll think back on last year, when it looked like it was a foregone conclusion he was going to get sacked, and they danced around about six and seven offensive, Uh, defensive linemen stepped up in the pocket and delivered a perfect pass 40 yards downfield. He's just going to go down for a sack this year, guys. Yeah, like a veteran quarterback. Or throw it out of bounds. That's what happens. That's what happens. And, hey, that that doesn't mean he's not going to be a hell of an NFL quarterback. We're huge Wentz guys. He's hard not to like, and he's a tremendous talent. He is not going to be the same guy right off the bat. I stand by that, and I also stand by I don't believe the Eagles are going to win the NFC East this year. No, absolutely not. I think they probably finished third and ultimately are between a 7-9 and win team, and I'm leaning more towards 7. Yeah, me too. And that takes us beautifully right into our next topic, the Giants' offensive firepower. It's there. It's electric. It is. Saquon, Ingram, uh, Beckham, Shepard. It's a long list of talent. Yeah, it's very dangerous. And they got talent and playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, too. You just, from from a Giants perspective, a Giants fan's perspective, you're just fingers crossed about the offensive line. It's better than it was a year before, but, you know, can they hold up this year? Absolutely. I think that they probably are going to be better. Whether they're amazing and top-notch, they probably aren't. But are they good enough to keep Eli upright? Let's be honest, Eli's never had injury problems, even when he's been getting banged up. So I think he can withstand a little more punishment than people are giving him credit for. And because of that, I'd really like the Giants to take that next step. And Saquon, it's a load off of him, man. It is. It is. And defenses aren't going to be able to cheat. No. The thing is, the defense can no longer look in that backfield and just look at Eli. I need to get to Eli. You're now looking in that backfield, and more often than not going, I need to make sure Saquon doesn't beat me. Saquon's presence is going to cool the heels of those pass rushers and those defensive coordinators. Absolutely. You know, because Saquon in the passing game is no joke. Absolutely, and he's a great blocker too. And if they're they're sending the house a little screen pass to Saquon, I could go 80 yards if need be. Yeah, and it will. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it will. So these Giants are going to be tough, man. Yeah, they're going to have a good year. And they have something to prove. They got a better coach than that idiot McAdoo. Uh-huh. And they have something to prove from last year. A lot of people are still down on them. And look, it's a first-year head coach. Well, it's not his first. It's his first year with the Giants. Uh, didn't the Giants go to the playoffs with McAdoo in his first year? Yeah. So there you go. Eli can go to the playoffs with a rookie quarterback, a rookie coach. I mean. You know, a, a first-year guy. Absolutely. And let's be honest, he got how much out of Case Keenum last year? Yeah. So, at that point, Eli is a step up. He's at least a Manning. Plus, seeing how Zimmer ran things was a good first-hand experience for Sherman. Yeah, and I still will go back to Eli's a Manning. He saw how Peyton had to adapt later in his career and won a Super Bowl. He understands that he can't always do the same things he's done for the last 20 years of his life. Now, now, we go from an old quarterback to the next big storyline of the 2018 NFL season. We're 100% football here again. Rookie quarterbacks around the league, and frankly just the young first and second year quarterbacks around the league, 
Mayfield, Darnold, Rosen, Allen. Then you go to Deshaun Watson. You go to uh, another second-year guy in Patrick Mahomes. And Mitch Trubisky, the former number one overall pick. Uh, so you, we got Trubisky, Mahomes, and, and, and Watson, and a plethora of rookie quarterbacks that are going to see the field this year. I think they're going to be a, it's a good crop. Because, you know, now the NFL needs, like, it's Mount Rushmore of current good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, the NFL always has to have that quarterback club. Yeah. you got to have your 5, 6, 7, 8, mm-hmm. 9, 10 good quarterbacks. Brady's almost done. Roethlisberger's almost done. Aaron Rodgers is, what, 35 now? I mean, these guys are getting older. That doesn't mean they're not going to be around for a couple more years each. But you need the new crop. And I think a couple of them are going to be in this crop. I really like Darnold. I really like Mayfield. I think Deshaun Watson stinks. Uh, Jewelry's still out for me on Trubisky. Uh, I think Mahomes is uh, Jewelry's still out piece as well. Frankly, my one concern about Mayfield, and you know Baker's my favorite, Ben. Mm-hmm. He is. He really is. He's good at everything he does. He's even good at imitating their GM. I don't know if you saw that yeah, clip. Yeah, no, folks. that was funny. That was funny, man. That was funny, buddy boy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, anywho, my only concern about Baker Mayfield, and I don't think anybody's talked about this, can he maintain that energy level that he has through a 16-week season of ups and downs and getting hit and getting critiqued by the media? And he's a real high-energy cat. Sure. He's not afraid. You know, that's why I call him Baker Bright Lights Mayfield now. He's not afraid of the bright lights. Um, even in the pocket, he's high. He's you know got those jumpy mm-hmm. feet. The, uh, he moves. He evades uh, the, these blitzers. I really like what I see. I don't think he's too small to compete. No, you don't see balls getting batted down on no, him. No, he, and he's got a great quick release, mm-hmm. and he's accurate and smart, and he's just got a tremendous fastball. I just love the kid. But can he maintain that energy level? You know, Darnold has that great even keel demeanor. And he, he, he's athletic and he's got nice size and a nice release. I feel like Darnold is almost more of the ideal franchise guy Definitely. going forward. But regardless, I think they can still both be very good. I agree. I mean, Darnold's going to be great. I like Rosen a lot. I've not sold on Josh Allen, although... Some things I see in this preseason have made me like him more. He steps when he gets pressure. He steps in the right direction to extend the play and make a play. But to going back to Baker's and his energy, I believe he can carry that through. I mean, you saw with Oklahoma, you know, you had to get through the playoff. It was essentially, what, a 13, 14, 15 game And how about all the bullshit he had to go through with the flag? Yes. Grabbing the nuts. Yeah, there was a you lot know, of controversy. Uh, so getting tackled by the cops. Absolutely. <laughs> and let's and let's go back even farther. He's a guy that was a two-time walk-on. So really, his season started from day one of training camp. So he's had to grind his way through all of camps, all of yeah, he's no preseason, all, all of everything. And look, as he, he's still a young guy, we always forget that these guys we're talking about are younger than us by a substantial amount of years. He's going to mature. He's going to learn how to hone that energy, how sure. to, 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 to lasso that ener- energy in and, and, and 
use it at the right times. Yeah, and I think he's got a good handle on all of that. What I'm slightly worried about is that he can be a bit of a hothead, and sometimes that might rub some people the wrong way. And I I can just imagine a time, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but once he gets established— he makes a comment or two about his defense or something along those lines and causes a conflict in the locker room when usually he's good about avoiding those locker room conflicts. I do think these cats, his teammates that are around his age and whatnot, even a little older, th- th- he's a likable dude. Absolutely. So I think he's going to like earn their respect. We're seeing that on hard knocks. When mm-hmm. he's out on the field, his, the guys on defense are like, Dan, Baker, he, you know, he's this, he's that. Yeah. He's got it going on, they're saying. I think they like him. I think they respect him. He has a vibe. He's not trying to be their friend. Sure. He's trying to be who he is and be be as good as he can be. And in any industry, when people are like that, others gravitate towards it. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be the Baker Mayfield effect. Yeah, I like Baker Mayfield. I think ultimately he might not be an A-plus quarterback, but I think he winds up being a B-plus, A-minus type of quarterback. I don't know if he winds up ever leading them to the promised land, but I think he definitely leads them back toward the playoffs at some point, if not possibly this year. Yeah, If he knows? gets a shot. Right, who knows? And let me say this. I also think Lamar Jackson, ESPN's golden boy, absolutely stinks. He's looked abysmal in the preseason, uh, inaccurate at times, doesn't really know where to go with the ball at times. I think he's a total bust. Uh, Lamar, the wide receiver, Jackson. He's He definitely is a project player. I think Joe Flacco is going to have a nice little season because he feels a little heat and pressure under his seat. And at the same time, he knows that one interception isn't going to cost him his job because Lamar Jackson's just not ready. And, and RG3 stinks, too. Well, yeah, but I will go back. I believe Deshaun Watson is actually a very good quarterback. I was I rode him through his Clemson days. I won no, money I, on I the national championship. I'm not dogging what he did at Clemson. No, no that way. kid is a winner. That kid is a leader. And I don't know if he is an elite talent, but neither is Dak Prescott. And I'm not, and I believe Dak Prescott is a good enough player to win good games and be a good player in this league. I really like Deshaun Watson. Okay. Well, there it is. You know, we're allowed to uh, agree to disagree. Now, our last, our last 100% football related 2018 on the mark NFL storyline. John Gruden's return to the sidelines. It's been met with uh, a weird amount of criticism. Yeah. But, you know, that's a part of why this is such an interesting storyline to see how his team performs and how he does as a coach again. It's exciting. It really is. It re-energizes the league a little bit, and it really helps the Raiders transition into those Vegas years properly. But I think Gruden's going to be nothing but good things for on the field as well. I think for Carr, I thought he would take another another step back to being that great quarterback. Yeah. After that first year, yeah. back from the injury, it's always a tough one. You always are better that second season. But having a guy like John Gruden around to really help you out, I, he's been nothing but good things for quarterbacks. Yeah. I think that's only going to do wonders. I think it does wonders for Amari Cooper and his hands that disappear and his mind that disappears right. at times. John Gruden's going to keep his head in the game. He's He, he knows how he knows how to handle guys like that. Yes. John Gruden's going to be very good for that team and that offense. I'm slightly worried about the Khalil Mack situation. I really think that would be a mistake if they let him go. Figure out a way to keep him at least for this season. I mean, he is under contract. He is. It's and all it's on his, Khalil right now. It is all on Khalil. 
At the same time, I think the Raiders can find a middle ground into making a reason for him to show up without necessarily giving him that deal in some way. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I think it's going to be a, a very nice season for the Raiders, Gruden's return. I think he's going to shut a lot of his skeptics up. To question, can this guy, he's only 55 years old, just turned 55, can he communicate with the modern-day players? So he's not the oldest coach in the league. No. He's not the oldest coach to ever come back to the league. No. He's got three sons that are 18, 21, and 24. One of which works on the team. One of which works on the team and worked on prior NFL teams. And to say can he communicate with the players of today. So this guy just came from a career with ESPN where he did Monday Night Football and the uh, Gruden Quarterback Club classroom that his job was to communicate. Yes. Literally. Especially in those quarterback <laughs> meeting yes, segments. Yes, and those guys loved him. They loved him. Every quarterback wanted to be a part of it. And Every... kept in touch with him yes. after the show. Yes, they loved it. And all of a sudden, we're going to question if he can communicate like he's this introverted guy who never saw success on a football field? It's wild. But look, uh, I'm going to make another hot take, bold claim. I like doing that. I think the Raiders are pretty much going to run away and win the AFC West this year, Benny. What do you think? Outside of the Chargers, I don't see anybody that could stop them. And the Chargers have Anthony Lynn as a head coach. I think that could be a major issue. I don't I don't buy into him, but I buy into a lot of their talent. And like I talked about with the Cowboys and the Texans, if they can remain healthy, they are a very, very tough team to deal with. Now, a lot of their players never stay healthy, but Joey Bosa, he's an absolute monster on that D-line. They have monsters all over that field, offensively and defensively. Having said that, I, I'd love the Raiders to win that division. Yeah. I really do. I think that Gruden can figure out a way. He didn't just come back to tarnish everything. Right. He didn't he, come back for fun. He's motivated as hell. Yeah. He's motivated as hell. Yes. So we're going to see what happens. You know, getting back to the Chargers real quick, I know everybody's hyping them up again. They lost 34-7 to at home to the Saints in week three of the preseason. And frankly, I don't know if well-coached teams with, like, decent depth lose 34-7 to in week three of the preseason at home. It's weird. Yeah, listen, preseason is what it is. I'm not going to put too much stock no, into can't, anything like that. You certainly like aren't that. putting that on a pedestal. No, I, I hear you there. But at the end of the day, I I, I just think Gruden's going to figure out a way to win ball games in Oakland this season. And I really like their chances to win that division. Yeah. Get 9, 10, 11 wins. Patrick Mahomes... He, he's not going to win the division his first season. Right. He's right. probably barely going to win five, six games. And, and that like Andy Reid glow in the Chiefs' locker room. Oh, Andy's here. We're going to be, we're going to be great. It's gone now. You yeah, blow a twenty-one fades. to three home lead yeah, in the playoffs to the Titans. It's done now. Yeah. And you know when uh, Andy Reid traded McNabb to the Redskins and they inserted Kevin Cobb, everybody acted like the Eagles weren't going to skip a beat. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That didn't work out, and Andy was basically done. Yep. So I, I can see a similar transition here, although I do think Mahomes is much better than Cobb. But, hey, jury's still out. We don't know yet. Yeah, and it, and to go down to the Denver side of things, I, I'd like Case Keenum a little bit. He is much better than what they had last year. Yeah, Having like said Case. that, he is a career backup. He's right. a stopgap kind of guy. So He's not a he, Super Bowl guy. He's going to help out. He's going to get them back to about seven to eight wins mm-hmm. because that's what the Broncos are when they're yeah. very mediocre and average. Yeah. They're an average team. Yeah. 
And so that's what they're going to go back to. The defense will be nice. They added, obviously, a great player in Chubb to go along with Miller. That's an unbelievable duo. Yep. But I don't see a ton else out there. They don't have there. Wade Phillips calling the, the plays on defense anymore. And it all comes down to this, man. Who do you want going into a big game? If you have to answer 100% unbiased and, and just genuine, who do you want going into a big game? Vance Joseph and Case Keenum or John Gruden and Derek Carr? Well, what sounds better to you? It's easy. You know, it's an easy choice. So there you have it, gang. On the mark, the 2018 100% football-related storylines. On the mark, delivered for you guys. That's what you need to be focused on going into this season. It's going to be a good season, folks. Yeah, I, I'm excited. You know, I really believe it's going to be a good NFL season. I don't think the uh, crown of the helmet rule, lowering the helmet when you tackle, is going to be as infuriating infuriating as it may seem now. No. I don't think it's going to rear its ugly head too much in the NFL, no pun intended, this season. It'll be out there. It'll be out there, but it won't be a game ruiner. No, it won't be a game ruiner. But if anything, it'll almost help the game because it's going to add more first downs, more add more points. People are going to wind up being happy about it in the long in run. In the long run, I yeah. know people on the other side will always be upset. But at the end of the day, right. that's not how you're taught to tackle. Right, right, from the earliest ages. So it's one of those things. You know, we do a nice job, Benny, of not being biased, man, because we'll bash the hell out of the NFL, and then we'll hit a hot topic, and we'll be on the NFL side, too. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, it goes, and that also applies with ESPN. We will bash the fuck out of ESPN. But when they do something I'm okay with, I'm, I'm the first to talk about it. And I kind of like their Monday Night Football booth with Witten and Tessitore and Booger McFarlane on the field. Yeah, definitely. For a guy like Tessitore, whose name's a little bit synonymous with college football, he kind of has a big game voice. I kind of like what I'm hearing. I've always loved Tessitore. I'm a big college football guy, so yes, I've heard him a lot. And Witten kind of comes across as a natural already, and he's only going to get better. Mm -hmm. And then McFarland, Booger McFarland, is a nice uh, compliment to them because he was a part of ESPN's college football coverage as well, like Tessator, which was solid. Mm -hmm. So, But when Booger was talking uh, the other night during the Monday night preseason game, he was coming at it with a football perspective. He was talking about guys who were drafted in the later rounds. He wasn't trying to be anything but a football guy. And, gang, that's what we want when we tune in to watch football. Agreed. Get it, ESPN? And bye-bye, Jameel Hill. The mm -hmm. Wicked Witch is dead. ESPN draining the swamp a little bit this past week, getting rid of Michelle Beadle, getting her off of the morning show, and buying out Jamal Hill's contract. Yeah, they're trying to figure it out over there, but too bad for them. A lot of, a lot of outlets, including us, have already caught up and probably passed them. That's right, Benny. So VIP listeners, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the end of your summer. Get ready for a great fall. We'll be talking to you soon. Over and out. I don't know what to say, really. Three minutes to the biggest battle of our professional lives all comes down to today. Either we heal as a team or we're going to crumble. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. And we can stay here, get the shit kicked out of us, or 
we can fight our way back into the light. We can climb out of hell. One inch at a time. Now, I can't do it for you. I'm too old. I look around, I see these young faces, and I think, I mean, I made every wrong choice a middle-aged man can make. I, uh, I pissed away all my money, believe it or not. I chased off anyone who's ever loved me. And lately, I can't even stand the face I see in America. You know, when you get old in life, things get taken from you. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of life. But you only learn that when you start losing stuff. You find out life's this game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I'll tell you this, in any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die who's gonna win that itch. And I know if I'm gonna have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that itch. Because that's what living is. The six inches in front of your face. Now I can't make you do it. You gotta look at the guy next to you. Look into his eyes. Now I think you're gonna see a guy who will go that inch with you. Hell yeah. You're gonna see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're gonna do the same for him. That's the team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. That's football, guys. That's all it is. Now, what are you gonna do? Go. 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 Go.